Um, well, welcome to church, everyone. How good is it to be at church outside? It's great. It actually lines up perfectly with the message today. So I'm actually pretty darn excited about it. So, excuse me, I do have notes, but I'm hoping that we can blow them away. Okay. So, who here has been reading through the Gospels? I was going to say, hopefully I see a few hands, because that's what we're all meant to be doing at the moment. Um, I've certainly been loving it. I've worked my way through. I'm all the way through Luke at the moment. Um, but this week, oh, actually not this week, the last probably two weeks, I've been taken back to the book of Mark. And uh, mainly to back to chapter four, which is uh, one of my favourite, actually, chapters in Mark. It's a very busy chapter. Um, now, who here knows that we actually live in a time of instant and urgency today? We want things and we want things now, don't we? McDonald's have now created a new form of their app where you can, um, you can pay and you can order online. So you actually don't have to speak into the box at McDonald's anymore. You can all do it online. But this is a sort of urgency in now that we live in. It's all about me. It's all about us. And it's quite an interesting time to be living in. Um, it's the culture. And this culture is actually really being formed from children from a very, very young age. I'm sure all the parents out there know what I mean, because you give a kid a phone, they know exactly what to do with it, and they've never been shown how to use it. Um, so they get that instant satisfaction and gratification, um, sort of, that's our mentality today. But sad to say, one day we will all be forgotten, as important as I am in my family. I'm sure one day my great-grandkids or my great-great-great-grandkids, they may not remember the fact that I once played bass. So we've been back on there today after nine years. But it's, um, I'm going to be forgotten one day, as will we all. I certainly know my heritage, going back I think three or four generations ago, founded, uh, I think it was the Living Waters Church over in Kyabram, and we have a big heritage over there, and it's, it's great but I really don't know a lot about it. So one day I'm going to be forgotten the same. But kids today are going to have some interesting times when they grow up with their grandkids. They are going to sit back and go, this is me. Look at my photos. This is me in front of a mirror. Here I am, different angle. Here I am, different smile. Here I am. Oh, look, my eyebrows are raised a little bit in this one. Well, this one captured my angle a bit better. I didn't quite get my double chin there. These kids are going to be masters of selfies. But imagine them when they're talking to their grandkids about the things they experienced. All the photos on their phones are going to be selfies. I'm sure their grandkids don't want to be seeing just their grandparent all the time. They want to see life, what life was like back then. You're probably wondering what this has to do with the Book of Mark. <laughs> There's times in our lives where what we do matters. And that is the point of what I'm going to be talking about today. It's not about the selfies. It's not about me. It's not about my kids. Okay, this is about what we do for Christ. And that is the whole purpose of this morning's message. Because what seeds we plant today make a difference tomorrow and make a difference in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Okay, we have to look at this in a long-term um, ideal sort of way of looking at things. Because short-term... It's very selfish. It's living in the now. We need to live in the future. So, my next point on here is, have you ever walked into a child's room at night time? 
in the dark. It's a landmine in there. I've gone in to give Gabby a kiss goodnight sometimes and Katie a kiss goodnight. And this is hilarious. I've walked in there and I've stood on a hairbrush. Those hairbrushes are quite painful in the feet at night time. But my instant reaction was to quickly fall and grab something because I wanted to get my weight off the hairbrush because it was hurting. But I stumbled and I hurt myself in other ways. The same as when I go into the boys' room and they've got Lego. Oh my goodness, Lego. Put your hands up if you've ever experienced stepping on Lego in the pitch black. And it's excruciating. Once again, I've injured myself many a time where I've quickly gone, oh, get off the quick. I'll grab something and I've actually injured my shoulder or injured my leg, other leg. I've stepped on another piece of Lego and I'm sort of doing a hop around the kids' room. It's a landmine in there because it's dark. You can't see those landmines. You can't see those things that are going to trip you up. You might be getting where I'm going now. There is reason to my little weird jokes. So we're going to turn to Mark chapter 4 and we're going to read through from verse 21 to the end of verse 25. So if you've got your Bibles, please open with me, even if it's on your phones because the wind's going to blow your pages around. Jesus continued, Does anyone ever bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or under the bed? Isn't it put on a lampstand? Whatever is hidden away will be brought out into the open, and whatever is covered up will be uncovered. Listen then, if you have ears. He also said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. The same rules you use to judge others will be used by God to judge you, but with even a greater severity. Those who have something will be given more, and those who have nothing will be taken away from them, and even the very little that they have. Now, the point I really want to focus on in this scripture right now is the part about the light. The lights are meant to shine. If we have a light at home in your bedroom, on your lamps, on like on your little bedside table, are you going to turn it on and then cover it up? It'd be a bit insane, really, because it serves no purpose if you do that. The light is meant to shine bright. In this parable, he's telling us that a light doesn't get put under a bush or a basket of bed, etc. It goes on a stand to light up the area so all can see it. So what I've learned lately through just really studying the scriptures and trying to get my head around this one in particular, in the Old Testament, light symbolised the presence of God or the word of God. For example, in Psalms 119 verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. In the New Testament, it now points us to Christ. For example, in John 1, verse 4 to 9, this is what it says, and I need you to listen to this. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. In John chapter 12, verse 46, it says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. So Jesus was making a proclamation there that he is the light in the darkness. So when we come back to the, to the, the Mark chapter 4, sorry, these notes are going to drop out soon. Mark chapter 4, it says here that he is the light and that we are the lampstand that is referenced. 
A light stand serves a purpose. It lifts the light up to a position where it can shine. Where it can shine the brightest. It elevates it. Jesus in this parable is asking us to lift him up. To let him shine out in the darkness of this world. This world is grasping. They are desperate and grabbing onto the wrong things. Just like when I've been into the kids' rooms and I've stepped on that hairbrush or I've stepped on the piece of Lego, my natural response is to quickly grasp something and go, oh my goodness, get off it. Because you're in pain. But they then grab onto something else. And that, that, that then causes more pain. And sadly, in the community where we live today, people are getting a hold of things that they think are going to make them feel good. But it actually doesn't feel that empty hole in their life. They then grab, grab for something else. And they keep grabbing for things. But all it does is lead to hurt. Now, back into the word here. In Mark chapter 4, verse 23, it says, He who has an ear, let him hear. The, word, the key word here is hear. We've heard the word, but now what do we do? Now we need to live it. Hearing has to translate into living. It can't just be in our heads, but through our heart and into our actions. It has to become a part of our lives. And this is something that we re reiterate every week in Kids Church. You can hear it, but you actually have to leave and put it into action. The Dead Sea. I've never been there. But there is no flow out of the Dead Sea. The water comes into the Dead Sea, but it never goes out. As a result, it becomes stagnant and has no life and it cannot maintain life in it. Sadly, there's a lot of Christians who are a bit like the Dead Sea. And I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone here, so please don't think I am. But sometimes, even myself, at times, we can become like the Dead Sea, where we continually keep taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, reading our word, getting words from God. But what do we do with those words? What do we do with the things that we're learning? This is what Jesus was saying in where it says, um, he who has an ear, let him hear. In the original Greek, it actually says, by be seen what you are hearing. So you need to listen to live. We have to take it and live it and walk it out in this world. You need to see what you hear. You need to live what you're hearing. Do you get the point I'm trying to make here? We are to be the lampstand. If we are not putting into action what we're being taught and what we're being given through that light, how can we be serving our purpose that God has called us to serve? I don't want to look back in my life and see the what ifs. What if I had done that? What if I had run that program? Or what if I had spoken to that person in the supermarket? I don't want to be that person. Now is the time that we need to step up and step out and make a difference. We all have been given different talents and dreams and, and passions and desires and visions that are meant to be brought into the light to bless others, to draw others closer to Christ. Now, let me go back to my scripture here.
So in Matthew chapter 4, it says here in verse um, 22, whatever is hidden away will be brought into the open and whatever is covered up will be uncovered. When I was reading that, I said, God, what, what does that mean? And I felt God say, that is our gifts and talents. Sometimes it's a time where we grow them and we develop them. But then there's a time where we actually need to bring them out into the light so other people can see them. So some of you might have actually been had a dream when you were younger that you wanted to be a pastor or a minister or an evangelist or a prophetic minister. There's so many different areas that you can serve in the church. But these gifts and talents need to be harnessed and then they need to come out into the light so they can bless others, so they can light the way for other people. The harvest is ripe. But how many of us are out there actually working to, to bring that harvest in? Um... In Mark chapter 4, verse 24, um, in the translation that I was reading um, online, it used the word use in regards to using what we've been given. Um, and it was Christ calling us into action that with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So are you using what he has given you? What are you going to do with the measure that he has given you? the finances, the gifts, the opportunities, the dreams. What we are given is meant to be shared and it's meant to be used. It is not just for us. What we hear has been given to us so that we can release it into the lives of others. The world needs what we have and we have Jesus. There's no other way to put it. We are needed to actually get out into the community outside of the church walls, which ties in perfectly with this message, to share Jesus. Whether we like it or not, this whole neighbourhood today is hearing the name of Jesus. This is awesome. We're outside of our four walls. But this needs to be our every day. What we do right now impacts tomorrow for you, for your children, for your children's children, and the generations that continue on from there. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. So let's live like he's coming back next week. Who wants to see all these people pass away into nothing? We have the light. We have the word. We have what makes people's lives worth living. But we can't just keep it here with us. So I actually have an amazing husband. That's right, you can do it. David has been working on a bit of his message. I've gone on a little bit long. But he wants to quickly share... About some ways in which you can impact our community. Because if we want to shine our light bright, we actually have to step out out of our comfort zone and out of our four walls and make a difference in our community today. All right. So, look, I've got a couple of minutes. So, <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> so, Kristen talking about being the light of the world. So, how can we do that? Look, Kristen. Our family's a little bit back to front. Kristen does all the gardening, all the grass, all the lawn maintenance. She's like a lawn specialist. I know nothing about lawn. And, uh, but she's more spiritual than, than of the lawn household. She talks about what we need to do and I can work out how to do it. So, um, you know, so how can we be the light of the world? Um, so through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Jesus didn't stand still. He wasn't in the, in, in the temple. He didn't stay in, at home. He 
they didn't have social media, so he couldn't actually get his message out anyway, if he did. So he went out to the people. Wherever he went, people followed. Like people had heard about him, so everyone followed. And they, because they wanted to see the amazing things that he did and they'd heard about. Um, so if he had just stayed home and prayed to his father, no, he wouldn't have had opportunities to show everyone the, the miracles that he could do through with God. So, um, so, and I was actually going to name my part um, Beyond the Four Walls, which is quite funny, um, same as Kristen. So, so we need to get inside the four walls. Not all of us are meant to be street preachers and, and prophets, um, but we're all called to make disciples of all nations. I have a lot of difficulty in going up to someone and saying, hey, how's your, you know, have you heard of Jesus? So I tend not to do that as much, but um, I'm, as I said, I'm more of a hands-on person. So um, I like to show Jesus through the work that, how I act. So I'd like to think that how I act today at church is how you would see me on a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, a bit grumpy on a Friday because the end of the week, but on a Saturday at football. You know, I'm the same wherever you, wherever you see me, I should be the same. Um, I, I was talking to a family the other day and um, at my new school and one of the, the parents goes, oh, you know, talking about her, student, her daughter. And she goes, oh, she really likes talking to you because there's, she said there's something different about you. So for me, that's awesome because it means that I'm showing that there's something different about me. And, um, you know, it's, I'm not just the ordinary, like everyone else. So that, that was really good to me. Um, and I try and reflect Jesus as part of me. Um, so I think of myself as more of a community person. In Life Kids, we take up tithes and offerings every week. Sometimes we get $10, sometimes we get $0.10. Cents. That's okay, because we don't have any high-paying executives in Kids Church. But what we do teach them is it's not all about, you know, your offering isn't about always money. It's about helping people. It's about helping your parents, helping your neighbours, being, you know, helping out in the community at school and doing those extra jobs as you're offering. So to see something like a revival, we need to get out of the four walls and show the love of Jesus. So we've got Sandy at the op shop who does an amazing job with all the community, you know, the, the, the most in need people in the community and her volunteers and staff. Um, Kyla and a dance team um, influencing school kids, them showing Jesus through music and they, they often choose music of church music rather than secular music which is awesome because they don't even know what they're doing and so she's really speaking to these kids without them even knowing and you know there's a lot of uh, I just speak of this one there's a number of women here involved in women's football so you know, there's about six of us uh, I'm not a woman five women and myself because I'm coaching yeah so that was bad can we just go back two minutes and we'll just anyway because I'm coaching, uh, you know, I, I see how some of the women, like Kristen and Jondre and uh, Kerry and Robin, have impacted people in footy just in their um, through their actions. It's awesome seeing um, the women just see them differently. Um, I know Kristen got a message from one of the players last year who just said about Kristen being different, and that was really really good. So anyway, we've always got to look for these opportunities to be able to make impact in our community. Um, and, and I actually 
another one is Janice, you know, the work she does with people in the community, um, helping people with counselling and couples. And, you know, it's just, just these little things that we could do outside the box. It's not all about going down the street and preaching. It's about how we act and how we help people in the community. And, you know, Carol's by Candlelight's a perfect example. We can get down there and, and make place, and, you know, Chris didn't the shoulder of doing it, but um, playing games with the community kids and community families and just showing them that we are um, weird, that we are just normal people. Um, so, I, as I said, I'm more practical, um, and Kristen's more the spiritual one, so. But um, we'll just finish up there. Um, I sort of had to rush through a little bit because um, we're out of time, so. Uh, do you want to do the conclusion? I got the mic back. Kids team know that's a dangerous thing when they give me the mic. Okay, so in summary, we are to be the lampstand that points to Christ. Wherever you are, wherever you live, wherever you go to work, you are the lampstand. God has given us each different gifts and abilities and talents, passions and desires and dreams. What are you going to do with them? Now is our time to step out and make a difference. Now is the time to be the lampstand here in Marupna. We are desperately needed in Marupna. We are desperately needed in your workplace. We are desperately needed in your school. We are desperately needed in your community. God wants to use you. We have opportunities being thrown at us with Richard and, and Boucher Street and the mentors. And you don't get that in government schools. We need to jump at these opportunities. We're not to just sit back and let those lost in the dark wander and get hurt continually over and over again when we have the light that can make the biggest difference. So, the band's up. I'm going to get back on base. I'm going to head over to Ryan to do the rest of the close-up. So, Tom.